Hey guys, what's going on out there? Listen, this episode is really cool. We get the awesome chance to interview someone who's accomplished their dream, right? They've hit their financial freedom goal, and now they are getting ready to move on to the next period of their life. This is great because this is what we are all aspiring for. Check it out. It's going to be awesome. Coming right up. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Man, do I have a treat for you today. This is awesome. I've got Frederick Atwater here. Uh, He's a husband, right? He's a father, and he's a former Air Force pilot and a retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. Uh, Frederick, how are you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for, for spending your time here and, uh, and just coming and sitting down and talking with us. Uh, really excited to share your story. Um, uh, we had a little bit of time to talk prior to this, guys, and I'm telling you, Mr. Atwater is going to inspire you. Why? Because he has hit or he's about to hit his, his goal right with real estate investing uh, that he started a little bit ago, but he's going to share a little bit of his story. Um, but please, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, um, maybe talk about a little bit of your military career prior to getting started? Sure. Uh, well, like you said, I'm uh, retired now. Um, I retired back in the, the beginning of 2016. Uh, I was in the service for 24 years. Um, and I will say I enjoyed almost all of it. Uh, <laughs> there were parts that obviously were, were tough, mm-hmm. uh, as for any of us. Um, I was a, uh, I started out my career as a, I was actually a helicopter mechanic. I was an enlisted helicopter mechanic for three years and then I, uh, decided I wanted to go fly fighters. So, uh, took upon that very, very big goal, uh, going from an E4 up to a, you know, go get commissioned and then, uh, also qualify to go to pilot training and then make it through all the wow testing and competition and whatever the the system was. So it took me probably seven years from that goal uh, or from that start to all of a sudden I found myself flying T-38s and uh, I was a, I became an instructor pilot for T-38s. So I did that for about five years wow. and then moved over and flew F-15 uh, E's, F-15 E models uh, out of Seymour Johnson in North Carolina. I did that. That was right around the 9-11 timeframe. So, a, you know, a culture of military mindset, America, the whole entire world changed. Right. Um, and uh, I flew combat ops um, almost nonstop for the next, I would say, nine years, both in the F-15. And then uh, I was on my way to Afghanistan as a, an ALO. <laughs> and I said, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't beg for forgiveness or anything, but I was like, is there anything else you can, <laughs> you know, dig up out of the assignment system? And they said, well, there's this MQ program that but you don't want to go there. And I'm like, hey, 
you might not want to go there, but I'll go there because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go, you know, I'd already seen enough of this for a while. Right. But I didn't know I was walking from the, you know, sort of the frying pan to the fire sort of thing. Cause the, the combat ops didn't slow down. They ramped up, you know, uh, flew, flew my butt off. Um, uh, but obviously in the remote control world, um, <clears throat> did that for many years. And then uh, I've actually been flying the MQ nine for the last 10 years, including my retired time. Cause I'm a defense contractor, um, now, uh, and that contract actually ends here in 30 ish days, the end of November. And who knows if I'll have a, a job after that. I don't know, but I'm in this place where it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> My wife actually told me, why don't you take off six months? I'm like, okay, you know, I, I can do that. Or, you know, or I have a house, you can't see my house here or anything, but it's, uh, I live in the Las Vegas area, Henderson and our house is paid for. I mean, um, our lives, I don't, I don't carry any external debt or anything like that. So life is pretty easy. Um, nice. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's my background from from the military wise, and my son actually uh, has decided to continue the tradition. He went off and joined the Navy, so he starts as a nuke tech on not on subs, but on carriers. I think he he didn't want to go the sub route, uh, so he joined, and he starts up on January third. So we'll see how he wow. carries himself. He he just got his security clearance through last week or something like that, so now he can go go off and uh, do Navy stuff. <laughs> that is incredible. That's I can't proclaim to know that much about the Navy. Obviously, I spent all my career in the Air Force. So. No worries. They're all good. That's awesome, though. Wow. Congratulations to your son. And congratulations to you and your family. You know, I mean, that's a huge milestone and a bit of relief, too, to know that, I mean, yeah, your job could be ending in about 30 days, but it's like, well, really, who cares, right? <laughs> yeah, I, we don't the income that I 100, 100% uh, of our, that income that comes from that job uh, goes to our company, our, our real estate company at uh, 100%. I don't, I don't need, I, I, I need the money to make my goal, but I don't need it to live. So if it stops, okay. You know, it's okay. It's all good. And it's, you know, uh, it's been a very blessed life, a very good life so far. So, wow. That is awesome. Guys, I hope you guys are taking notes. If you're not, start now because this is going to be an epic interview. Um, This is exactly where I think we all want to be in life at some point, right? Where we know that the passive income that we have coming in is sustaining us and we're good to go. So I'm super excited to deep dive this interview with you, sir. Uh, Can can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate investing? Sure. Um, Well, how far back do you want me to go <laughs> is, <laughs> is one question. So, um, when I, you know, very, very briefly, when I was in high school and through college, I was a, a laborer for um, construction crews. So you okay. can kind of call that my grounding of how houses are built, how, how they go up, how general contractors do stuff. I mean, obviously I was the kid that carried stuff around and nail and put cut wood and stuff like that, but uh, kind of learned the inherent value of, houses and real estate in that, in that model. Well, I didn't buy my first house until I moved to, um, to Seymour when I flew F-15s and I searched around and, um, uh, boy, I, li- I tell you, I, did, I lived a good life because I, I actually was flying T-38s at the time. And I took a couple 
weekends. And back in the nineties, the air force, you could just go wherever you want. And here's the keys to the sports car. Boom. And so I would fly out, do some house hunting, you know, did that on a couple times back, you know, back on Sunday night to go back to work on Monday and fly more, more sorties. But, um, I don't know that the air force is quite that liberal uh, anymore, but <laughs> back when we could do it, we did it. Um, so I found a house, a, a relative value proposition. Um, and that, that was, it was a somewhat of a fixer upper. I mean, it was plain Jane vanilla sort of off base housing, but in that value range um, needed some fixing up. But over the course of the next three, four years, whatever it was that I lived there, we remodeled it inside and it was very nice by the time we left and boom, sold it, made a profit. Fortunately, I sold it in 2005 at sort of the market zing on the way up. Wow. And then I moved out to Las Vegas and this is part of real estate investing too. When not to do something right. I moved out here and I couldn't believe just a standard plain Jane vanilla house that just like I had just sold was going out here for $250 a square foot, you know, the house that I bought back in North Carolina was a $90 a square foot and I sold it at about one ten or maybe one fifteen a square foot. So I made a decent amount. You know, there's a, there's a nugget of stuff there for valuation assessments for investing a hundred bucks a square foot has been around for a long, long time. If you, you start finding rentals that are, and these are single family residentials, but uh, if they're, you know, if you get something that's 70 bucks a square foot and you can sell it in a market that's 110, you know, 40 bucks a square foot times a 2,000 square foot house, that's a decent, you know, uh, chunk wow. of change yeah. uh, to work with. Um, and then uh, as soon as sort of that wave of, you know, uh, market downturn uh, started to end um, is when I am out, uh, well, is when we started to invest and I say we, because I got divorced <laughs> right in the middle of that and met my new wife. I met my new wife after the divorce. I didn't met her before uh, <laughs> uh, the divorce. But anyway, uh, so my new spouse and who's still my current spouse, but we start where we were very hungry to start mm. purchasing. And so we just rent running, you know, um, in that 2009 to, we bought this house in 2009 and then, in 2010, we bought in 2011, 2012, 2013. Uh, and, uh, well, we had at one point we owned six houses. Um, and then, uh, one of them was breaking even. So we sort of, we, we sold that one, um, sold it for a a little bit of a profit. I mean, we made maybe 10,000 on it or something like that, but it wasn't really making us money where we made the bank though is on a, uh, property that went from 220 up to 475. It was and in a neighborhood that was going in the 600s. Um, so we absolutely made bank uh, on that. Um, and, Amazing. Uh, you know, and that that's real estate at its best. That and I'll tell you what that house was a 2000. It was 2100 square feet. And it was bought for 220. That's right in the heart of the zone for that hundred buck a square foot, okay, you yeah. know, valuation point that sort of I look for. And then boom, turned around and sold it at 475 on two. I mean that, whoosh, you know what? What, what, a, what a valuation increase, <laughs> oh and all God. because of market, you know, uh, yeah. market market influences. So um, that's one sort of rule of thumb or thing that I sort of use in the real estate. So anyway, yeah how long have I been doing it? 
well, <laughs> it's within the last decade, you know, mm-hmm. um, kicking off around 2009. I did, I did it. Okay. I mean, I don't consider the, the, um, the house that I lived in in North Carolina, I don't necessarily consider that an investment because I lived in it, but I did do it sort of according to what I learned, you know, from building houses and, um, what a good valuation standpoint and how you turn and sell it. Cause you, you try not to lose money. <laughs> it doesn't always happen that way, but, right. um, that, that would be the objective. If you're, you know, if you're in the military and you want a big objective on a chalkboard of something to win, it would be don't lose money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, golden rule right there. Don't lose money, man. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so that's my background in, uh, in the real estate business right now. We've trimmed down, our our footprint into these very efficient model, I guess you could. Um, and my wife and I built this uh, in the form that this resident house that I live in now, it's a nice house, nice neighborhood, uh, is funded for a hundred percent by my uh, rentals, by the rental company. So we own three single family residentials out in Holloman Air Force Base. Um, <clears throat> we own two of them outright and then one of them will have paid off in about six months. And these, they're nice houses too. They're not in like class C neighborhoods. This is, they're on a golf course. Uh, actually they're one street back from the golf course. So you don't have to pay the HOA. Um, and that was intentional uh, as well. Very smart. Uh, yep. Absolutely. That's um, amazing. And because they're in a paid, well, two of them are paid off. And again, the third one is on its way. I can afford market fluctuations like nobody's business, right? Like I do, I do not need to worry if I get a vacancy, you know, just clean it. Let's wait for the next tenant. Uh, we've had a hundred percent military tenants, which I like, um, not because of the enforcement sort of capability that might like you, if they don't pay or they bust up the house, at least you can have some force by, reaching out to their commander or something like that, or their first shirt or whoever it might be. Right. Um, but that doesn't usually happen in our experience. What generally happens is they want to take care of the house because they want a good name for themselves and they want to, you know, not be a yeah. bad, bad tenant. Now that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Um, but we just haven't experienced that. The other thing I like about the, the that model is they come for three years. Right. So, um, Everybody is on station for two to four ish years. Depend, I mean, depends on your job, depends on where, depends on where you're going. But they're very steady uh, as well. Um, so we've, um, you know, honed in on what we like. We like four bedrooms, two baths, a backyard where they can have a pet. You know, an ideal family is a, a married couple. Um, one or two kids, maybe three ish. I mean, that how many kids they have is their business, but, and they can have a dog or a cat. I mean, that's like the standard cookie cutter military right. sort of family. I know because I lived in, um, and it works very, very, very well for us. And so that model that I was talking about, those, those rentals, they pay for everything here. They pay for, you know, everything from direct TV to my cell phone, to my, uh, you know, my internet, they pay the electricity, they pay the taxes. I live as I live for free here. It's not for free because at the entity right. called Atwater Capital pays for it, but it's through design and engineering and focus of that 
company that I live for free, which is why I said, well, if, if this job contract ends in a month, I mean, I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I'll go ride the motorcycle or something. I mean, I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, my, no. wife, my wife was teasing me. She's like, are you going to get one of those American flags and, you know, some tattoos and <laughs> go, <laughs> go to a rally or something? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> get like a biker jacket or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I already have a goatee. It's gonna, there but, you go. All right. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my background real estate focus. And the other thing that we're expanding this Atwater, this entity called Atwater Capital, um, is through first lien positions. Um, Pierce Street is our go-to entity um, for that, and I absolutely love that platform. Um, it's a it's a thousand dollars per note, um, and you're buying. Uh, we buy senior debt notes on commercial properties. Um, so it's another way to cash flow and they flow anywhere from about 7% profit to eight to eight and a half, depending on the risk assessment of the, um, the borrower, uh, in that case of that, for that piece of real estate, uh, where that is where I'm focusing our, our sort of expansion. Cause I've already kind of cracked the code, cracked the nut on how to live off of the real estate thing. And now I'm just like, okay, let's drive, you know? I might buy another house in there, you know, I don't know. Um, not quite necessarily know, but what we're focused on is first, first lien positions. Um, Pierce street just happens to be the one that I developed a relationship with. You know, I talked to them on the phone. I followed them. Uh, I followed investments for several, probably a year before I was like assured, okay, here, I'm going to start putting some, some capital towards this. Hence the name Atwater capital. Um, and we, um, I'm very, very happy with that. So that's like our, our expansion uh, zone. And I think we talked about the goal, you know, before the for the call here where I'm aiming to grow the company uh, from this. It's sitting at about 600000 net worth right now with those two paid off houses and one to go in six months. Um, the goal is a million by the end of 2019. Um before I turn 50. So, uh, awesome. I, you know, it's a, it's an objective. It's where I'm headed. And it, it's not that having a, I mean, having a million dollars is great, but what's, what's, what's great about a million dollars is when you kick that mule and make it produce dollars for you. So we don't spend, we don't spend the capital. We spend the product. We spend right. the yield uh, of it on living on, you know, school for my kid or giving if Christmas, like Christmas is coming up, you know, it's, right. it's easy to pull out, you know, a couple thousand dollars and go, you know what? I didn't do anything for that except wait, you know, um, right. For it. It's, it's tax. It's the taxes are paid on it. It's clean. You know, here's, here's a grand. We can, we can give a thousand dollars to somebody for Christmas multiple times over just because it's there. The real estate just, you know, it just, it, once you cultivate it and build that, it just does it. I mean, it's magic. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully people can focus on it. It's not like I, I showed up here at age 48 and like, poof, magic. Look what I did six months ago, guys. I've been working on it for decades, <laughs> you know, um, right. in the learning process, but I didn't get good at it until about this current decade, maybe twenty. 10 ish, uh, something like that. But I tell you what, those eight years, man, poosh, just, yeah, you caught it at a great time. Just 
you know. Yeah, that is that's for sure. Building the company, building the 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 focus, kind of having that security of your your life and your family. And my my objective, my overarching objective in this whole process is legacy. Mm-hmm. So I don't. My wife and I, we don't spend the principal of whatever investment is. We don't spend like that's if rule number one is don't lose money. Rule number two is don't spend the principal. Um, so, uh, yeah, because the, once the principal spent, it's gone, but you can spend the yield or the, the product uh, of that. And so our, <clears throat> our objective is just to build that yield, you know, that free money. It's like a printing press so that we live securely and then when we pass away, who knows when that is? I mean, you can statistically look it up, but um, that that money moves forward, and it'll be several million dollars. Uh, I mean, it it already is, and it will be more um, by the time you know we we live out this life uh, here. So that my over uh, my big goal was legacy. Uh, here, you know, bought in two wars, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of crappy places on Earth. There's a lot of yeah. horrible ways that people treat each other. Um, and even though I was in the Air Force, I mean, I, I did do a ground tour as a commander over in Iraq, and you know, people shooting at you, and you see guys come home and they're you know damaged, and you know, hopefully they're alive. But just the awful, awful things people do to you and this, yeah. the living in this country here in the U.S., or if you're listening to this podcast outside of here, hopefully you're in a free country, you know, Australia, or, mm. uh, you know, the country of Europe or uh, <laughs> where, wherever you are. Um, I mean, life is good. Life is easy here. Compared, I mean, there are some really cruddy places on the planet. Um, mm. Even though an Air Force guy, you know, I get to fly back to the, you know, back to the hotel 400 miles away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> true but hey no it's all good man you know i mean you've you've done it you've seen it and you've and you know what honestly you know what you've built i think is or we feel right my team and i we feel that it's deserved you know i mean i think that we well you don't really deserve anything in life so let me let me go ahead and say that but at the sure. same time you know i think that we've earned the right to build the wealth in the country that we fight so hard. Oh, absolutely absolutely right absolutely it just because you serve your country doesn't mean um you can't be wealthy um it's a it is a misnomer and i've heard it from the you know earliest entry army private to i've heard um a guy named tonto what was his he was a major general Mm -hmm. i can't remember his last name but um he who played tonto on the lone ranger what was that guy's real name that's because this guy's real name was that guy. Oh, okay. That's why we called him Tonto. Uh, <laughs> I remember, no. But anyway, the the utterance, and I've heard it from the lowest sort of the, the whole spectrum, is that you can't get rich in the military. And I wave BS, right? Because yes, yes, you can. Your primary job and your focus is on the mission yes. and on your accomplishment of the mission, safe return of you and your mm. compadres, and uh, you know, accomplishment of the objective. Got it. That doesn't mean when you go home, you can't just kick, right? Kick butt, you know, on whatever it is, whether it's stock market or real estate, or you know, you write a, a, a book or you invent something. There's no reason you can't 
be, they're not going to kick you out of the military until you are like a mega deca millionaire. Like if you walk in and win, you know, this recent Powerball of a billion dollars, whatever it is. Yeah. You're going to get kicked out of the military because you don't fit in that thing. But uh, you know, just because you have a million bucks doesn't mean they have, they won't kick you out for having a million dollars. You're wealthier than most, but you're not, you're not independent. You're not uh, in, in that mode mm-hmm. yet. And I think a lot of people have that fear like, well, if, you know, if I have a million dollars or two million or three million, then I am. No, it's, it's not true. It, you're, you're mythicizing, you're making a myth of what is actually true. Right. Uh, so it's true on the extremes. Like I said, the, the billion dollar Powerball guy, if he was in the Marines, he's not in the Marines today, right? <laughs> it would have been one day and you're out. Um, just because you just don't fit in the culture. But uh, yeah, it, it's a myth to think that you can't be wealthy in the military. We passed our, I'm being very open about our, our net and all that, but I remember 2010 ish or something like that. Maybe, yeah, about 2010, mid 2010. Like I, I was watching our net um, go up. Um, <clears throat> and at the rate that it was increasing uh, with, um, with the, with the houses, with this. And I'm like, wow, we're going to pass a million dollars in net here soon as a entity. And yeah, we, I mean, we blew through it like, Holy crap. There you go. That is awesome. And, um, you know, around 2013 ish, uh, we got a little wild with the money cause we were just making a, a ton of it. And I kind of stagnated a little over that million dollar mark. And it took me about two years to realize why. Mm-hmm. And it was because of, me <laughs> i'm spending way too much no no <laughs> you know we took the family to europe we went to hawaii i mean we were just we were having a blast it was, it was fun uh but it wasn't meeting the objective mm-hmm. i mean and it's an unsustainable uh, objective or unsustainable lifestyle because it was just up and up and up and up and up right. and up okay and oh yeah plus wait a minute I'm, i was still in the air force so uh you know i had to yeah. i do have to go back to to go that's back. why you know i said mm-hmm. Pay attention to your job. Yes, that's what you're there for. That's why you're serving the country. Exactly. It doesn't, again, it doesn't mean when you go home, you can't be very, very successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. You touched on a lot of really, really good points. Um, so real quick, and we'll kind of go back and dis- dissect um, a little bit of what you said. But when you were talking about net, right, can you explain to them? I believe you're talking about your net worth, right? You yeah. Can you explain to our listeners, maybe don't understand that concept, like why, what net worth is and why it's important? Uh, sure. I, I think so. And net worth is your assets. If you divide a column of paper into two columns, yep. a sheet of paper one list on one side, the assets and on the other side, the liabilities, right? Mm-hmm. So an asset is a, uh, you could put a car, right? Uh, you could put a house, you could put, $100,000 in the bank. Uh, so, and then on the other side, on the liability side, you would say, well, my mortgage on my house is, I don't know, $250,000. So that's a, a liability. Um, your car, you might owe $10,000 more on. I don't I mean, I don't know. Right. And all your net is, your net is the net addition between those two columns. And if you get good at it, it's not just about, driving up the left side. It's about driving down the right side. 
as well. So you drive up the asset side and you drive down the liability side, which where I sit today, I have a big fat zero on my liability side. I don't owe anybody anything. And, you know, emotionally, that's awesome. It's like, you know, you, it's not like you wake up and you're like jumping in flowers and roses through the yard, you know, and some, but you're like, I don't have any bills. Like there's no, nobody bills me. Nobody, there's nothing. No one's calling you, you know, hey, no. Collection. no. Yeah. And so net awesome. One of the things I was taught by somebody somewhere in my history was focus on your net. Right. Mm-hmm. Because yes. um, you can have $10 million in real estate and $9.95 million in liability. And guess what? You're a, 50,000 air. <laughs> so your net is only $50,000, right? You want to drive down that expense side, that liability side um, with sort of equal force of bringing up that asset side. So yes, buying a real estate property is a good thing, but the more you can minimize the liability side of that, the, um, basically the wealthier you're going to be net worth is a measure of wealth. Um, I mean, you can measure wealth by income, you know, uh, say I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but if I, if it costs me $99,000 a year to live, that isn't much of a surplus. What's worse is if it costs me $105,000 a year to live, then I'm at a deficit, right? And I'm, and and my net is going down. Um, so yeah, it's, if, if you want something to focus on in life, focus on net, right? Um, so when, you know, we say a million dollars, I don't mean that necessarily that I have a million dollars in property. I mean that I have a million dollars in net because of across the board, you know, you add them up. And, it, you know, it, it's more than a million dollars. It's, it's very healthy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's extremely healthy. And thank it, you so much. I, I'm a single digit. I'm a single digit run of the mill millionaire i'm a single digit millionaire <laughs> that's somewhere between one and nine i mean that's still great though you know you were able to work hard you know over that time building it back uh building it up step by step right and here you are right the yeah. uh, you're yeah and, you're basking in your accomplishments it was amazing yeah and i don't say those things to brag or anything i say no, them very ordinary yeah you know um dude you know, nothing. I'm a, I'm your average, I mean, guy. Um, if I, if you put me, you know, of all the Lieutenant colonels in the air force, I was one of them. I mean, that's, that's about how average, you know, right. It, I am. So that is awesome, sir. No, I really do appreciate it. Um, and really that is something that, you know, one of the things that we harp on in our education platform is because net worth is so important, you know, Robert mm-hmm. Kiyosaki talks about it in his Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm-hmm. uh, a book that we recommend very highly for our mm-hmm. listeners to uh, to go out and deep dive. But to understand, right, that you're building assets that are producing you income, and you're cutting down those liabilities so you can focus on building wealth because that mm-hmm. is what's important. Um, and then the passive income, right, comes later on, right, where you can now enjoy that life. That's amazing. So can you uh, can you real quick? Can you tell us how you were able to acquire your properties over time? 
do you mind? Like, was it like a, a set strategy that you guys did where you put a down payment on them or did you guys use your VA loan on them or? or? Sure. Um, I VA loaned that first house back in North Carolina, so I didn't put any money down on it. Okay. Um, and then uh, sold it at a profit. And then uh, when I bought this house that I'm sitting in right now, oh, I know what we did. We wrote a HELOC against um, one of the other houses, the, the rental. Um, and so the, this house was a combination of a HELOC and a mortgage at, at one point in its life. That was about right. 300. So the two netted together was, I don't know, $350,000 or something like that. Wow. With nothing out of pocket, right? Um, but 100%. So, you know, there's that net. My net on this purchase was zero, right? Because yeah. Uh, it was written, we acquired $350,000 in liabilities, but we also acquired a $350,000 asset. So net zero. Um, but what we did over time with that, the, the house that we wrote on the HELOC on down in uh, Fort Lauderdale was the one that just, you know, oh man, just yeah. blasted up and it ended up paying for the, the whole thing. Right. So right. Um, we sold, we ended up selling that house um, and it, it paid for this one. I mean, it paid off the HELOC. It paid, it, paid it, bought me a, it bought me a new, a brand new 2015 F-150. I mean, it did a lot of things. Nice. Uh, <laughs> That's incredible. And that, that, it, so, um, and then the, the other three SFRs that we own were standard run of the mill. I think we put 30% down on a 30 year, uh, sort of our magic ballpark equation. If it's, uh, 20, you know, I don't know where I heard that or came up with it, but 30% for a 30, 20% for a 20, you know, if you're going down to a 15, if you can get 15% down on a 15, what, because the ratio of what you're paying to the ratio that you pay up front tends to build wealth faster in that manner. Okay. Um, if you, if you do the math, so, uh, but anyway, so they were acquired as 30% down on 30, a 30 year mortgage. Which so they at that thirty percent down level too, you're going to gain some positive cash flow True. right up front, right. Um, which is the objective as well. You don't when you have a a, resi- or a a rental, you don't want to subsidize your tenants' living. So, what do I mean by that? Like the house costs you more in mortgage than it does than they're paying you. So your negative cash flow <clears throat> on that house, you you want a positive you know, positive cash flow. And one of the only ways to get there is to put forth capital, you know, come forward with that horsepower. Um, and you know, when people are like, Oh, I can't come up with 30%. And I go, look, man, you got to man up, <laughs> like cut out something else in your life. Stop paying for that lease vehicle or stop paying for, you know, doing thing. If you want this objective to happen, you have to make it happen. Cause you know, um, the magic money God is not going to walk in and just give you thirty, forty $40,000 to make so that, true. you know, thing so you have to, and you and your spouse, if you have a spouse have to be on the same page, like we are going to make this happen. And it kind of um, blends into one of my other sort of core founding philosophies. And you had sent me some pre-scripted questions, but one of the, one of the things to pass on to people is you have to believe in yourself period. Right. Because, uh, most of us don't grow up around wealth or extreme wealth. 
you know, the <clears throat> most of us are just born into whatever we're born into and we're raised how we're raised, but most of us aren't exposed to wealth, right? So you don't even know people that have a million dollars, or if you do, they live on some mansion on the hill or something, you know, and um, you have to believe that you are worth having that and doing that. And, you know, as focused as you might be on your military mission, you know, uh, and you shut out everything else and you accomplish that mission with whatever tools you have uh, that the military gives you to do that. Just do the same thing in the investing in the real estate world, shut out all the noise, all the BS. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the noise in the BS is right in between Inside. your internal, your earlobes, right? It's absolutely it's, right. Absolutely turn it right. off, turn the squelch lever all the way up and don't listen to it. Um, and, you know, focus on your objective and, and your goal if that is. And I don't care if it takes 18 months or seven years or two months or, you know, whatever it takes, it takes, but you can focus on it and you can do it if you believe and you want to break through that. But you got to believe in yourself because this, you know, one of the early parts of the conversation is you, this country is awesome, right? I mean, you can do and be in anything um, here. You're, you're, there is no speed limit to how wealthy you can be. I mean, there's a speed limit on the interstate, you know, and you'll get a ticket if you if you go too fast over that. Mm-hmm. But there's no speed limit for wealthy. There's increased taxes, but that's not a speed limit. That's just the just the system, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, what would, I got off kilter about what was the original question no no worries i just wanted to break down some of your acquisition strategies for the- oh yeah so yeah nothing no scientifically mm-hmm. you know magic formula so <laughs> that you followed you just picked them up as you got them. that's cool but that's completely but, fine but the, i came forth with the capital the capital is huge because capital right. produces so if you do the math on um cash on cash return Right, so if you're you put fifty thousand dollars down and then you're gonna turn twelve thousand dollars a year, you know how much you're getting on our for your cash on cash return well, that's a pretty decent if I'm doing it in my head right that's something like twenty did I do that right something like twenty percent uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and break twelve thousand divided by twelve divided by fifty uh, right. is four something yeah, it's about twenty four yeah yeah, so I mean that's a, that's a really large yeah cash on cash uh, ROI that that's probably a little assertive um, maybe in the 10 to 15% range are our other objectives to go. But what you, Depends. what I would say is that that cash on cash number, it shouldn't be negative. Right? That's fact. That, <laughs> that violates rule number one of don't lose right. money. Don't lose money. That is um, very true. So your, your cash on cash return needs to be positive and you got to be, honest with yourself, you know, you're not going to have a hundred percent vacancy Count it at like 80 or 85. If you want to be conservative, go down 70, 75. Um, you got to count for HOA. You got to set aside a little bit of maintenance money, right? Um, you got to set aside a management fee. If you, you're going to use a manager, I've moved from managing all the the rentals to a hundred percent, um, contract out, right? Because I, I don't, I, well, one, I don't live there anymore. And two, I tell you what, man, it's the easiest thing in the world. I just get a, I get a check a month for about 3,500 bucks or something. I mean, like it just deposited and I'm like, okay, 
thanks. <laughs> you know? cool. And it might say on there replaced sink in house or something like, okay, like, great. You replaced the sink. I don't care. Right. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, so you can get there, but you got to have that capital. You got to like right. horsepower through it and, and make it happen. There are strategies to come up with and you can do 0% downs, the 0% downs or the, you know, the hundred percent leveraging strategies have an after action requirement, meaning zero down on this house, then it goes up and you either HELOC against it or you sell it 1031, flip it and do, you know, something else. There's some other follow on strategy, not, Oh, I acquired this property for zero down and now it, I'm net zero. Like I'm hundred percent. I have hundred percent liability and I have a hundred percent asset and it breaks even on expenses. What have I done? I'm just spinning my wheel in the mud, right? There's, yeah. there's something to follow on, you know, price appreciation or price appreciation to a HELOC or a 1031 or the rent market for some reason is really high, right? So you get this zero down and then you have a positive cash flow, but you always, always, always go in with the objective of making money. Right. Not, and I've heard a lot of my peers do this and they, they've done it. They've spent their money on houses and they're like, well, it's flowing negative 250, but in 20 years, I'll have it paid off. And I'm like, dude, do you see that this is what you look like in 20 years? You will have gray hair, you know, and, you know, awesome. Uh, you'll have arthritis and like, <laughs> no, you want it now, 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 now. So absolutely. Absolutely. Sir, that's amazing. And you're hitting on a lot of great things. Um, do you mind just explaining bare bones real quick? what a HELOC is. You've mentioned it a couple of times. I just want to catch those who maybe don't understand or never heard that term before, but it's an awesome so, tool. <laughs> a HELOC is, is a little different than a um, cash out refinance or uh, a sale or a purchase. So a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, it's, um, it's really, it's just an asset back note. So you're going to write a note against your, property and the bank is going to give you money for it, but the bank is going to turn around and put a lien on your property in the amount that you're liable for that. So if you were to use a credit card, there, there's also these things called credit or um, asset back credit cards. So instead of an unsecured credit line, you can have a secured credit line, which is where you put forth, say, $10,000, and then they give you a $10,000 credit line. Oh, well, that's exactly what this is, except the numbers are bigger. Might be $100,000 or you know, $200,000, whatever those are. Right. But your asset, your house, is what they have their lien on, and they will take it from you if you don't pay the bills. Uh, so, uh, I mean, they'll work with you, but you, know, you can't... Um, you can't not pay those, those bills. It's not free money. And um, so that's, that's basically what a HELOC, the good thing about a HELOC is there's usually no closing costs associated with it. Um, They're a a credit based account that you can, you can write a check usually from anywhere from say a thousand dollars to hundred or whatever your credit line is on that account. But you're writing that note then creates this little teeth into your house, you know, like, the bank goes like, okay, that piece of it's mine. If you don't. So I, I used a HELOC to buy this house with all those in mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, with the objective of getting rid of the HELOC 
because they had a lien. They actually had a lien on my rental house, so not on my primary residence. So if the rental house, if for some reason went under, I wouldn't necessarily, I'd lose the rental house, but I wouldn't lose my, my primary house. So Nice. That's a good um, way of doing it. Yeah. And those are a little bit tougher to do, but you can find a bank that will do it for you. Right. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate it because, you know, again, it's, it's an interesting concept and it's something that we're going to deep dive to uh, later on. Um, but, and we actually have some, a program that's already established where we teach folks about HELOCs. So if you're listening to this, make sure you go check out uh, the, uh, our website, www.actdutypassiveincome.com and check out the course that we built for that because we teach you a cool strategy on how to use that to pay off your home a little early. But, um, but yes, amazing, amazing information, sir. And uh, the HELOC rate is a great tool that you can use to you know, kind of get started. Um, if you've lived in your house for quite some time and you've built some equity, um, I, it's all. Awesome. I, I would throw out a Fredism here. Oh, yeah. Referencing myself is don't use a HELOC to secure unsecured debt, which means a secured line of credit means it's secured against your house. So don't refinance your credit card against your house. Just pay off your credit card. That's just because now you've taken $10,000 and anchored it in it. You know, from a risk perspective, you've put that onto your house. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm saying I wouldn't do it. Um, When I did my HELOC, it was anchored against a house for a house. It was eye for an eye uh, sort of a move. I know that people have that theology of, refinancing a credit card or student loans for God's sakes, don't refinance a student loan that's backed by the United States government into a HELOC because it's already secured by the United States government. Right. Why would you put it against yourself, you know, your own residence? Um, But people do that. Um, Just, you know, when you use a HELOC, you're picking up our tool, right? You are picking up something that will cut your arm off if you're not careful. (laughs) So got to be smart. Use it. Be smart about it right? and respect the power that it has because it can get you into. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's any debt, you know, it really doesn't, it doesn't any matter with, yeah, mm-hmm. with, um, with the HELOC or not, but you have to be smart. You got to be educated. And that's what we, that's why we harp on that important point, right? Being educated, understanding all the tools that you have out there, but being smart, building a team, right? Having that kind of, you know, um, that help in the process because you're not alone. Right. And we have awesome sages like you, sir, you know, who have gone out, who've done it, who can, you know, share an awesome advice and, uh, and folks, you know, never know if they're in a similar position, you know, maybe this is something that could work for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we always, you know, we recommend that you, you get a team, right. You get your financial advisor, you get your legal, uh, advice and you build your wealth, whatever the best you can with your situation. Um, but yeah, that is awesome. All right, sir. Thank you so much. Cause you have given us a lot of great wisdom. Um, I'm running a little bit out of time, but I want to take you through our bonus round and ask okay. you three last questions. All right. Um, but man, this has been so powerful and I really appreciate your, uh, your wisdom. So question number one, what is your favorite book and why? So these were your pres- questions you shot to me right before, right ahead of time. So, uh, it, it's sort of a tie, but if I had to pick one over the other, uh, it would be the millionaire next door. Um, okay. Uh, nice. one, 
because I am one. And <laughs> two, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, again, not to brag, but it's a, a statement of fact. And it's a statement of engineering my life to be here. It's not, I didn't, somebody, the magic money guys didn't walk in and go, poof, you know, magic wand. Uh, here's your hat and your cape, right? Um, and we don't necessarily, we don't live this, I don't have a, I have a Ford truck, you know, and I have a 12-year-old car, uh, a backup car, a relatively upper, modestly comfortable lifestyle. Uh, and that's that's really the profile. Um, and that, that book was the origin of our seven seven sources of income uh, because that, that book did state as a sidebar, the average millionaire in the United States has seven sources of income. And I remember I read that book in the mid nineties back when I was flying two thirty eights, And, um, it was more like, I was just reading it. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll do that. Click. Boom. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> like, Oh, okay. That's the formula. I got it. And so, uh, I've focused way, way more on that, you know, developing those seven streams. And obviously real estate is, is one very strong one, uh, for us. So that would be my favorite book. Nice. And uh, who is your, the second, I'm sorry, second question. Who is your favorite hero and why? So uh, I had to think about it for a while, but there's, it's really, it would be a generic category of, of folks that, you know, and most folks in the military would fit in this category of putting themselves ahead of the good of, or uh, putting themselves putting the good of the country ahead of themselves mm. for the prosperity and longevity of a, um, a mindset or an attitude that is what we understand as the United States and the constitution. Now, if you had to narrow that down, you know, some veterans names, there's a guy called Pat Tillman. Um, he's an Arizona state um, guy. I'm, I was from Arizona state as well. So I uh, know the, that's where I graduated from. Um, but Pat Tillman was in the 9-11 uh, period. He was a football player for ASU uh, and put school on hold and went fought in Afghanistan. He winded up, uh, he wound up getting killed in Afghanistan, but it was just that mindset of him, the good of the country um, and the continuation of what is the United States ahead of, the, ahead of himself. And I think that's universally at least I hope it's universal of what folks in the military do, because there are times when, uh, well, when we went to Iraq the first time, we've been there a few times, but I remember the commander coming in and saying, um, look, there's, there's three priorities in your life, God, family and country. Mm. And I have to ask you to switch the last two. So it became God, country, and family for a period of time while we were at war. Mm. And so it's that, it's that category of people that can do that is what I call a hero. Wow, sir, that's deep. That was absolutely deep and, uh, and amazing. I, I recognize that name when you said it. But I didn't know okay. who who it was. Um, yeah, you can you can Google it. And- yeah. Well, well, well. When you but when you mentioned it, I remember because I remember watching something on ESPN. They did a little special about him, uh-huh. right? about how he put uh, football aside and went out to go serve. 
didn't he have a, a brother as well that went out to serve? Or, or uh, I don't know the backstory okay. of. Uh, okay, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm confused or I'm blending some story, but I but the name was so familiar, and when you described it to me, I I do remember that. I do remember mm-hmm. hearing about that. Um, that is amazing, and yeah, I completely agree. You know, because those folks who can just you know be so selfless to just drop whatever it is they're doing and run right to where you know the fight is that is that's that's amazing so great answer oh man <laughs> gonna make you make me cry sir <laughs> all right um okay last question here uh if you had three nuggets right or doesn't have to be three but any nuggets of wisdom mm-hmm. to pass on to folks who are just getting started uh, and you've already given us so many but if you can narrow it down to just a few uh, what would sure. it be um and i think i sort of mentioned these in our conversation here but uh and i i wrote i jotted these down um beforehand here but uh number one uh you are in control of your financial life mm-hmm. period okay the u.s government is not in charge of it you're family is not in charge of it you uh, your whatever voice in your head that says it's not you that is blocking you that is untrue you are the only one and if you and your spouse can get on the same page you know that one plus one synergy is greater than one that my, my wife and i have been so fortunate to have that our one plus one is like 17 you know or something um That's awesome you know, the lowest our one-to-one ratio ever gets is one-to-one when we disagree on something, you know, because um, we treat each other uh, as respectful equals. Um, but almost the rest of the time, it's like this huge advantageous ratio. Um, so, yeah, you, you're you the one in control of your financial life. Uh, number two, uh, and I think I hit on this too, you have to believe in yourself. Um, you have to believe that you can be wealthy. Whatever that means for you, you can define it with numbers. If that means you want to have a thousand dollars, it means you want to have 50 houses. It means it, it means you want to drive a Mercedes. I, I have no idea what it means for you. For me, it means um, <clears throat> having enough passive income. So my passive income well exceeds my required expenses in life. Um, and secondarily, you know, the, the legacy that I can, can leave on, if I can leave $10 million to my name by the time I pass away. Okay. Boom. Done. But guess what? If I miss it by a few million, yeah, okay. You know, what's right. Right. And, and when I say that, I mean, I could miss it on the high side too. Right. right. Uh, so, um, but you have to believe in yourself, you know, um, you've got to, if that is what your objective is and you're going to have family members tell you you're crazy, you can't do that. Oh, you're just dreaming or, you know, I mean, some, okay. Where's that big old squelch lever, you know, yep. <clears throat> squelch, blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't listen to him. Right. Uh, it's right. just words. You have to believe in yourself. Um, and then the third uh, nugget is kind of, uh, you got to start somewhere. Um, and so, start. Um, and then a rule of thumb here is, and this works really well. This works really well for real estate. It works really well for the stock market. It works really well. It actually works in relationships. It works in interaction. It works a lot of places. So 
uh, it's really lose the losers and capitalize on the winners. Right. So, um, I had, if I have a, we had a house that was a, wasn't really a loser, but it wasn't a gainer. So we let it go. Right. Um, I also, uh, I, several years ago, I used to own an airplane, fun, sexy, cool, and really expensive. Right. So what do we do? We lose the loser because that thing, I was just shoveling money to go fly that airplane. I'm a pilot. I mean, if I were a sailor, I might have a boat, you know, or if I, <laughs> right. if I were a cool car guy, I'd have an expensive car. Mm. Um, but if you have an investment property that is losing you money, you're violating rule number one. So lose the loser, suck it up, get rid of it, start again. Right. But then because you're going to come across winners and then what do you do with those winners? Push, you know, right. make the winner grow, cultivate your inner sort of beast and make that thing, make it go, make it, make it go, make it grow. So right. kind of like start somewhere and once you start, lose the losers and capitalize the winners. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's like an 80-20 rule, right? Or Pareto's principle. But that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Great one. Um, wow, sir. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate this. Uh, I mean, you have given us a lot of wisdom um, and a lot of insight and inspiration, you know, because I think that, I mean, you're definitely not at the end of your, you know, your road there, but you've given us that i'm not done yet i know right not not done done yet exactly but you've given us that hope you know that's like where you can get to the yeah i think that was my sort of objective of reaching out like hey guys you can do it i mean if normal i was born in topeka kansas you know got a redneck side of the family and i got a you know an okay other side of the family you know (laughs) i'm just like one of a hundred million other people Mm -hmm. but if you can believe in yourself and you want to set that objective. This is a great country. You can do it. I mean, that's exactly, it's all the, all everything's there. You just got to figure it out. You just got to do it. Got to figure it out. Right. And, you know, don't be chicken about it, man. Exactly. And, uh, you know, guess what? You're going to fail, right? Like, so what? Like if you go play baseball, you're going to get hit at some point. Do you quit then? No, you get back up, you heal your bruise, whatever. And then you get out and swing again. I mean, if you go into it knowing that a failure is going to happen, okay. okay, it's not a mark on you. It's not meaning you're stupid or you're, you know, incapable or invaluable. It's just happens. So what? Move on. <laughs> exactly. If, if you believe in yourself, that that will naturally as, aspire. You know, uh, a, a mistake will happen or a a loss will happen or a, you'll, you'll do something stupid and forget or right. Stop doing the stupid stuff. Lose the losers and go back <laughs> and go. Just go. Them and go. Sir, thank you again. Real quick. I want to, I want to kind of, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, where are you off to now? Right? Because we, we spoke about your, your, um, you accomplished your goal, right? You hit the end of your real estate goal, but now you're off into so many things. And I'm sure believe before the call, you mentioned that you had other streams of income that you had coming in. So you mind talking real quick about that? Yeah, we'll hit them on real brief because I know you're uh, limited on time. So my DFAS pension is one. That was an automatic. You stay 20 years, boom, done. It's yours. Uh, or if you're a reservist or a national guardsman, you may have to stay longer to accumulate your points. Uh, two, the second one I didn't expect, but I got it when I retired was VA disability. So apparently when you fly fighters for 20 years, stuff gets messed up. So whatever in, in your medical history happens, even this is weird. Like I 
I had a motorcycle accident back in 2005. It was a dirt bike. I crashed. It wasn't a highway bike. Okay. Separated my shoulder pretty violently. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the VA gives me, because I was active duty, the VA gives me a 20% disability for that. Right. right. And then there's other maladies that have happened through the years um, that they add up. So I get, I also get a tax free paycheck from the VA. So that's second stream. Third stream was my real estate. Um, that was a known quantity, but I've, I've focused on that and cultivated that uh, into where it is now. Uh, fourth interest income. So um, the P2P lending, um, I have right, yeah. almost a quarter million dollars over with Lending Club um, and just ticks away, man. People don't pay their credit card bills, you know, so there's endless supply of that. <laughs> so um, these this thing, I it just generates income. It's turning about five and a half percent right now and there's probably 10, 11,000 loans notes that are out there and I just get interest on it. I mean, it's awesome. Like I literally do nothing like, Oh, there's money. Um, uh, the fourth would be some, I'm sorry, that was three, four, five, some sort of dividends. So if you own a stock portfolio, you can build, um, dividends out of that. Dividends don't pay quite as well as real estate. Um, but they still, they're a different source uh, of, of income. So if you have a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, and it turns 5%, that's what 10, if $200,000 turn 5%, that's 10,000 a year. I mean, for doing nothing except receiving, uh, you know, receiving the dividends uh, on, on it. And then uh, sixth would be municipal bonds. Uh, I have, uh, what a blessing, man. Like with cities and, entities and corporate things that are out there, the municipalities issue bonds to build, you know, stadiums and fire departments and other things that run a city um, and they need investors. So you buy these bonds and it's fun. They, they pay that by property taxes. So when you send in your property taxes, a portion of your property taxes, you know, pays the, police department, you know, it pays salaries and it pays other things, but a portion of it also pays the municipal bondholder that financed that in the first place. So um, the other advantage to municipal bonds is their tax, usually tax exempt in both the federal I and in the state uh, that you're in. So if you, you live in Virginia, my dad lives in Virginia. My dad, my dad's the one that introduced me to this. So he owns US V A something there's a USAA fund um, that's specific to Virginia um, residents. And so you, he doesn't pay federal tax on that and he doesn't pay Virginia state income tax uh, on it. I happen to live in Nevada. So I have a different fund because we don't have um, income tax here. Um, and so, and you know, you add up these numbers, you put a few hundred thousand dollars together um, and it starts turning. I mean, that's you know, amazing. I'll, I'll take 15,000 a year tax free. Heck yeah. You know? Yeah. Fact. Um, <laughs> and so my other source that that would be six sources and my seventh source really is just me, right? It's anything I make from uh, work. Uh, Social security is fully funded because I'm, you know, been working as an adult for almost 30 years. Mm. Um, any, um, cash or anything else I do on the side, you know, if I make some money on a, a stock trade or, or something like that. Right. But the good thing about that seventh source, and once you build these, they all, you know, they feed each other, man, just like this 
financial moat, you know, security. And they just, right. They bind and there's this synergy to them all. You know, <clears throat> we have, I probably have, I don't even, I haven't counted them, but I probably have 15 paychecks a month and they're all on variant days from all these different sources, you know? And that's what I mean by the seven sources of income. Right. Cause some, and I say 15 because some of them pay bi-monthly. Um, mm-hmm. So it, maybe one counts twice or a couple of them count twice sometimes. So it's still, so what, <laughs> you know, that's and it, you know, it's taken me years to develop. Like I said, I read that millionaire next door book in the mid nineties or late nineties, whatever it was. And here we are 20 years later, but building that over those two decades, man, they just synergize. And here I sit going, eh, whatever, if I work, you know, it's fine. I don't care. I, I mean, I care, but I don't, but, I'm, right. I don't draw my identity from the work that I do. I'll just go do something else. You exactly. Know? Wow, sir. What a way to end it. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> and, you know, and again, those are things aren't to brag. They're just to, yeah, promote, to promote. You, you can do it, you know, um, and maybe serve as a guidepost or, or something. I didn't have any, obviously, um, uh, one of my Gen X or is that my, what's the one in between the old people and the. Oh, yeah. Was it like Generation uh, Y, Generation well, X and Millennial? So when I started out, we the internet was in a very infant sort of a, you know, state. And we didn't obviously have Skype or zoom or any, you know, I didn't get a flip phone until, you know, after 2001 or something like that, you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, um, what, where people are starting out now, I didn't necessarily have any of that network. I had some books and some, some ideas, but ran up against a lot of walls and a lot of frustrations and, a failure or two here or there, but uh, you do it for a career and it works. I mean, you got it. it. It works. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm an example of the fact that it works. So now my key is to not screw it up. <laughs> there you go. Hey, well, so, as long as you're following rule number one, sir, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Sir, thanks so much again for, for coming on here with us. Really appreciate your time. Okay. Uh, and your example. I mean, it, this is inspiring. So Great. we're really, really glad. And uh, yeah. if you have questions or people have questions, I can, I'm very approachable. I mean, I'm not some big meanie or some, you know, I don't know, some icon of, <laughs> right. I don't have a, I live, again, I live a very modest lifestyle. I shop at Costco, you know, and, uh, order my shoes from uh, Zappos. I mean, I'm I'm a normal guy. Uh, No worries. Absolutely. And you're on the Facebook group, right? So folks can reach out to you there and and pick your brain. Um, Absolutely. Man, that is awesome. All right. Thanks so much again, sir. Really appreciate it. Take good care. Yes. Oh my goodness, man. That's so inspiring. I'm telling you, that gets me so fired up to go out there and buy as many properties as I can. Why? Because I am dying to get to that financial freedom goal as well. So thank you so much, Fred, for coming to interview with us. This was amazing. I really hope that he was an inspiration to you guys because that is where we're all trying to go, okay? Hey, listen, we are launching a book on November 1st and November 2nd. You need to get it. It's releasing on Amazon for 99 cents. If you want to know how to get it, make sure to text house hacking to 345. 345- 
345, okay? Also, check out our website, www.activitypassiveincome.com to see how you can get connected with the ADPI team and start working your way towards financial freedom today, all right? Take care, guys.